You are now listening to The Gradient Radio, an open space to converse about creativity with creatives. And I am your host, Antonio Knox. And today, we have a special guest. Today, our guest is a man of many ambitions. Not only is he a professor by day, he is a creative director at night. Today, our guest is Ricky Parker. Thank you for having me here, man. I'm excited. Thank you for being a part of this, bro. Nah, man, like um, like the first season was amazing. You know, I'm happy to be here for season two. And um, definitely I'm um, excited about chopping it up, you know, just about what I've been working on and um, just what's been going on with you. Yes, yes. Thank you for taking some time to be a part of this. Um, I know how busy schedules can be and kind of <laughs> created space for this opportunity. So yeah, I want to say thank you for that. No problem. You know, so for those people who may not know who Ricky Parker is, could you let the people know? So I'm Ricky Parker. Um, for those who don't know me, I consider myself one of two things, a uh, professor um, and a creative director. I think a lot of the things um, I do creatively, it falls outside of um, just the work I do with my agency, Dream for Purpose, that um, me and my wife co-run. But I think um, I, I approach a lot of situations in consulting, whether it's like music or even art, uh, from a creative direction standpoint. I think in that, it's kind of helped me understand like how can I um, lean more on my, my skill set is like really on aesthetic. And um, from there, I kind of can partner with other people and allow them to do what they do. Yeah. 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 So tell me tell me about Dream for Purpose. So um, Dream for Purpose has been like a brainchild of mine um, since like 2011. Uh, really came to me out of inspiration, just wanting to do something more, really wanting to help people. Uh, initially um, started out doing clothing. Um, that was like the initial offering and really getting positioning like creating brand awareness. Um, but early on, you know, as we were doing clothing and product, there were a lot of people just reaching out, just wanted services. And, uh, you know, the goal for me over time, just, just growing it, um, like an inspiration just agency wise for us was like Donda. Mm -hmm. And so, um, even just kind of being boutique, but being in a very unique space of, you know, product, experience, um, content. You know, those are kind of like my skill sets where I feel like um, you probably see it too. You know, you kind of got to lean more into the things you really want to do. Where, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, there's a lot of the projects I've had where I realized like, what are the things that, you know, excite me? You know, so I, I get excited about programming or like curating events mm -hmm. or, uh, even this idea of like, you know, content development where I feel like, you know, everyone needs content. And so I'm in a lot of different conversations with people just about content and like, how do we curate content in a way where like the aesthetic, you know, is appealing, but it's, it's also, um, you know, how you feel like how to be innovative, you know? So I, I think a lot of, a lot of my skill sets overlap, but I think the fact that I'm um, in industry as well as in, in the classroom, I kind of, able to apply, you know, the best of both worlds. Because yeah. um, even at VCU, I teach a copywriting class. And I've been teaching that for like the last two years. But even with teaching that class, it's made me even get a lot more sharper, you mm -hmm. know, just like the own my own personal projects, working with clients, and just really kind of 
you know, having this emphasis about, you know, who is our audience? You know, who are we communicating to? You know, how do we make sure this connects? Because, you know, because the whole thing with social media or digital is so much noise. You know, every t- every day we wake up, we get on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, it's noise. And so, like, the things that really stick out to us or, like, we stop and we actually go to the page, mm-hmm. that's the stuff that's on our frequency. And so I think for me it's just, like, always just kind of figuring out a frequency and um, just really creating a lifestyle around that. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like, it seems like you do a, a lot of incredible things. You know, you spoke to you know, just doing the things that you want to do. Yeah. Um, Because I know, like, earlier in my career, I was just doing things. Oh, bro. (laughs) I think everyone does it, you know. I think think you realize it probably a lot sooner than I did, but um, I I think we all fall into that trap. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I just got to do stuff to just so people can see me instead of, like, really doing doing the work you really want to do. Exactly. Yeah. So have you felt as if you found that pocket of, like, Oh, everything that you want to do yeah man i feel like um i'm really in a rhythm where um at this point i just want to scale you know where i'm teaching um that's going great but even with that i'm positioning like the transition out of that where uh, like last year me and two of my friends we launched a wine venture mm-hmm. called shaka wines doing amazing right now <laughs> If you haven't heard of it, go to shockerwine.com. Um, we're, we're in Wegmans right now. We're in Common House. That's, um, that's amazing. Nah, thank you, man. God <laughs> is amazing. Um, but it's just like, just different things like that. It's even been in a position of being like one a one-third owner, you know, of a, of a wine label that um, is getting like an incredible response, you know, so far where we shipped to 39 states. You know, where this ain't even been a year yet. And so for me, it's just like the positioning of it where, you know, it's like things you pray for, just you don't know. Like, all right, I want I, I would want to do this one day, but I don't know how to get there. And so, you know, I'm at this place now where I, I constantly find myself like always evaluating and reevaluating what's on my plate. Mm-hmm. And so it's even now it's just like, what's on my plate and what do I really want on my plate? Yeah. And like, what can I remove where it kind of served this purpose or a season? And so like, I'm big on that where like, I kind of see a lot of stuff I'm doing in higher education, like the season four is kind of coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, just with the wine or just even what I'm doing, like consulting wise, um, you know, there are a lot of different opportunities, you know, with it where there's a lot of growth uh, for me where, you know, that's ex- that excites me, you know, just from the clients I'm able to work with, the diversity of that, you know, from um, even just working in sports to working in music, you know, I think, all of that excites me where I have the ability to kind of really do the things I'm passionate about. But coming in a way where, you know, my skill set is valued, where I, I don't really have to, you know, go through this whole thing of proving who I am, but it's kind of already this understanding of, you know, what I bring to the table. And, you know, the clients I'm able to work with, you know, they really just let me do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also trying to get to that space too now um, where I don't have to prove myself. It's like, gonna come. It's like gonna when it, when it comes to like clients, yeah, right. So a client reached out to me, um, not too long ago, and they they found me just do a channel. Uh, from some work I did for somebody else, okay. and they, the way they were speaking to me, like they wanted my work, but they wanted me to prove that I was like capable of like doing the work, 
so I had to I had to go through the process of like just imagine like an actor you know going to like casting calls yeah. and all of that and the actors like already established like his work is like already there but he still he still has to prove that he's like I know, I know what you mean perfect for that spot and I just kind of like want to get to a spot like in my career or but this, this is it this is it and it's like you gotta ask yourself what is the work you really want to do mm-hmm. or this is why I think it's so important to have passion projects yes like the thing that really like propelled us as an agency was like the Black is Beautiful campaign. Yeah, fire. And like it came from a place of us just wanting to do something dope. Like me and Whitney, like we were like, yo, how do we just do something? Like all this is going on. Like, how do we do something more? You know, like everybody was doing a t-shirt and it was just like, huh, it feels like so knee jerk. Like how can we do something where it's like really a moment? And it became something. And in that, I met a lot of people, like a lot of interesting people, mm-hmm. just all for like, I just want to meet you. Like, hey, can we do like an informational interview? Like, and in it, I just think you gotta just do do the work you really want to do. And like, you put that out, that becomes the portfolio where I think as creatives, um, the last thing we did is really our portfolio. You know, that's like the thing people are gonna judge us on. And so if you're not constantly creating or working you know, it's like the person who wants to, like, shoot music videos, but you ain't shot no music videos, you know, or you yeah. ain't figuring out a creative way to even create something from scratch where, I don't know, I, I think that's the thing I, I realized, you know, like, we all can be Jay-Z at this level. Mm. Like, we all could be Jay-Z. It ain't no barriers to whatever you want to do. You can start at this level and scale up where, like, we, I think a lot of times it's this misconception that I have to, put all this work in, pay my dues, and then I'm going to arrive to this promised land where everything I want is going to be there, where it's like, nah, a lot of this stuff is attainable now, where it's like you're going to have to put in more work. Yeah. Or you're, you're going to have to network, or you're really going to have to show, like, what is it that you bring to the table, where I was just telling this to, like, a class the other day, I think it's so important just for people, like, as young adults, as humans, that we know three things. We know what we're great at, we know where we're good at and we know where we're bad at because self-awareness is so important where it's almost like because I was at this place at once where I wanted to work at these brands but I really can't do the work of like what these positions was it's like I just wanted to work at this brand but it's like I really don't want none of these roles and so you really got to be honest with yourself like what work do you really want to do because I, I think when you're you're honest with yourself about that, you're going to attract that work or, like, that work's going to come natural. Or it's going to be something you've got in the archive that you could show somebody and be like, oh, yeah, you're who I'm looking for. Because that's the whole thing where, as creatives now, like, everybody and their mother a creative director. Like, every, everybody do branding and marketing now. And so it's like, what do you really do, though? Like, mm-hmm. like what do you bring to the table where I feel like the most important thing, I think, is just perspective. You know, like, as creatives, like, we all have a perspective, but, like, lean in more into, like, who you are, you know, where, like, this is what I'm realizing now. Like, I go I go how I look everywhere, like, yeah. locks and all. Like, I'm in a bunch of different environments now, but I'm realizing the fact that, like, I'm, like, leaning heavy into who I am and where it's just, like, nah, I'm not going to, like, play this game where like I don't know who I am it's like you asked me to be here because of like what you heard or what someone may have told you where like I'm gonna be that person and I think it's almost like just as like 
creatives of color, you know, black creatives, you know, we got to be un unapologetic, you know, about who we are because a lot of times there'll be these positions where, um, well, these crazy situations, you know, you'll be working with brands or trying to, you know, get to the bag and like people will put you through these loopholes, man. And it's like, I I've just seen it. It's like the stuff you'll deal with now as a creative, like we're trying to get somebody to pay you, you're going to deal with these brands. And it's like, it's this whole thing of never losing sight of who you are and like what your worth is. Yeah. So you spoke about Black is Beautiful yeah. and that whole, what would you call it, installation? Yeah, so it was it? like an installation, outdoor installation campaign. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when I saw it the first time because the first one was, where Where was the first one? Jackson Ward. Jackson Ward, yes. Yeah. Yes, and I, I remember when y'all put that up and I went there, it was a rainy day too, and I was like, <laughs> I had to get this. Because it, it felt so different, it felt so monumental, and then also like when you bring out the merch for it, yeah, it was just like a combination of like so many different things. Um, nah, thank you, thank you, man. Yeah, I, I definitely got to see you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you seen my movie yet, but like it's it's a little surprise in there about Black is Beautiful. Nah, I gotta check it out. You um, got so much stuff going on, man. It's hard <laughs> to keep up with you, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna definitely you, check out your movie. I'm gonna send you the link, and, okay. you, and you let me know once you see see the scene. Um, just nah, let me know. Nah. You know, you know, I wanted you to um, kind of shoot for like initially, you know, when we were doing it. But um, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I think with it, it it really started from this place of um, just first being self aware, then being aware of everyone that was around, like around me. And so, I, with being self aware, the fact that like we were doing COVID, so we did this campaign, um, twenty twenty. We launched it um, the week of Juneteenth, um, 2020. But during this time, you know, we were all in COVID, you know, it was, it was lockdown. <laughs> it wasn't like the COVID we in now, we wear masks and everybody's going out. We was in yeah. lockdown, so nobody was doing anything. And so in this, you know, there were the protests for um, George Floyd, um, Breonna Taylor. Um, it was just like a lot of stuff just in the news or even the protests were happening here, just even about like the, the Confederate statues on like Monument Avenue. And so just being aware about this, um, it became this thing about frequency. Because um, I'm in a lot of different spaces and rooms. Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter didn't translate well with everybody. Mm -hmm. I understood the purpose of it, but yeah. in it, it was a conversation of very, it felt to a lot of different people that I wasn't included or I'm not included in the black, what you're saying, whether it's a black person who's trans or identifies as non-binary or something, or even just we get to the conversations of people saying all lives matter or blue lives matter. It was this whole thing of feeling, I feel like it, it stated a point, but like it wasn't an inclusive conversation where like the rebuttals back didn't even help support the point. Yeah, and so it was, me and Whitney were thinking. I was like, "What is something that can be empowering but also educational?" Where like, if someone black sees this, this is a reminder. Like everything else I'm seeing in the media that's going on, that like, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Like, and so and it it was us thinking that, and like just thinking about black is beautiful. Um, it was just something that kind of stood out where I felt like. You know, just even just thinking about when initially we started Jackson Ward, just thinking about like if it was a little kid walking from Gifflin Court, just seeing this, you know, like 
how could this this change their outlook? Or, you know, even just how that community is now gentrified, you know, if someone who's non-white yeah. saw this, mm-hmm. you know, how has this opened their eyes? Like, oh, wow, I never even <laughs> heard this or even knew that this was a thing. And I'm like, okay, you know, yeah. it becomes this, this multi-layered thing. And it really became a conversation where, um, you know, people helped us, you know, take this this campaign, this outdoor in- installation to other cities where we were able to go to Norfolk, we were able to go to Charlottesville, um, Tappahannock. And it it wasn't just off of, um, oh, yeah, we wanted to do this. It was really the people, you know, people really got behind the campaign or they really believed in, you know, what we were saying. Or it translated in a way where, like, people, whether they were black, non-black, whatever, like, everyone was all in this. Is like, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I don't know, man, I think it, it it's like projects like that that like I'm proud of where I ain't making no money off of it, but in it, it shows like, it shows a lot of things, capability, yeah. the the level of execution or just even thought was just even a rollout for it or everything, or even just what you talk about, even like the merch component, how we partnered with Virginia Union, you know, did a whole merch collection. Yeah. Proceeds from the collection was donated to the art department. Mm-hmm. And so, like, in that is just really thinking about how can you do something where there's a give back, but it's not always self-serving. And so I think that's the piece where it's, like, I'm most convicted about, like, how do I not have a self-serving attitude <laughs> in, like, what I'm doing? And, like, you know, how... You know, the biggest thing that motivates me, like, how can I make sure I'm doing God's will? Because it's like, it was a it was a good portion of my life, just even being a creative, I was focused on the wrong things. And it showed in my results. Like, it may have been some success, but, like, it was never on the level of, like, where my life is at now or, like, the things I'm aligned with, where my motivations were wrong. And I think a lot of times you have the wrong motivations. You're so, like, concerned with self. They ain't, they ain't, nah, it ain't no way, God can't use you. People can't, you know, people don't, can't use you or work with you, where it's this whole thing about, like, we're all here for a purpose. And so I, I even, like, look at, like, everything I'm doing is, this is, like, vocational. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't just look at it, like, haphazardly. I look like, you know, this is, like, my life's mission, you know, the work I'm doing, you know, like, the end of the day, like, y'all gonna read about this in history books like yeah. the stuff i'm doing where i'm only 35. yeah and so any anybody who's younger than 35 this is be inspiration to you that like you still got time but like even for me you still got time oh bro i know <laughs> i know it's like I, I just look at it where it's like the runway or opportunity is there where i don't have i don't have to be so anxious yeah you know i think a lot of times we're young younger you know we're so anxious about getting somewhere so soon. We're like, we're losing sight of like, what's really our path? Cause what's my path? It's my path. Like, yeah. ain't no, ain't no barriers. Ain't, ain't no roadblocks. This is my path. Mm-hmm. Like, but I think when we, when we deviate from that, you know, we start following what's trendy, following whatever everybody else is doing. Where a lot of times you're gonna have to hold tight to a conviction that like everyone thinks is not cool. Mm-hmm. No one thinks this is going to work. Yeah. Because a lot of times that's the stuff where, like, you got something where when everybody's behind it, be fearful, bro, because it's trendy. Mm. 
Like when you got an idea and you feel like I gotta, it's scary, I almost gotta do this by myself. This is <laughs> how you know like you really need God. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it seems like in everything that you do, God is, you want God to be in it completely. Yeah. yeah. And you want it to be something that lasts long. So like you think about legacy in terms like when you create these projects. Yeah. Or how it will affect people. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I don't, I know like, um, just as creatives, like you even see this, I think we see this and um, we see this in art. We even see this in music. Um, you see this in architecture. It's like, there's, there's so many like works of art that outlive the people that create them. And so in it, um, just from my skill set, like a, a big piece of my skill set is like building infrastructure. Like I understand like project management, like operations, but I also get branding and aesthetic. And so a lot of times for creatives, this is a piece that's missing a lot of times mm -hmm. where like this whole thing, how do I have infrastructure behind like my art? You know, how do I understand how to monetize my art or really make this a business or, yeah. you know, scale? Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, I just think about, you know, um, just the work, you know, like I love the work, you know, like that's what gives me, it's like Tyler the creator said this once and I, I feel like I'm at this place. I, I just love executing ideas. <laughs> and it's like, I'm a type of person, if I believe something needs to happen, like I'm, that's my conviction. Like it's one of the things I'm gonna say here is like this whole thing, I believe Richmond needs an NBA team. Mm -hmm. I saw that. And so like in it, I'm gonna start a whole campaign where I believe Richmond should have a G League team. I did research this morning. Mm -hmm. Their G League teams in Birmingham, Alabama, and Portland, Maine. Both of these cities have smaller populations than Richmond, Virginia. And so in it, it's just almost this whole thing of like, everybody like, yeah, they're not gonna vote. I don't care. Like, they ain't vote for your idea. Like, this is a whole nother idea with like, we can have a G League team at the Siegel Center. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where it's not this whole thing, you gotta figure out how can we work into like the infrastructure is already here and then build something. Mm -hmm. Cause the whole thing I know about Richmond, people love sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when you said uh, VCU football team too. Oh yeah, VCU football team. You know, um, I feel like it's time. I feel like if VCU had a football team, cause now it's just the whole thing I'm thinking about for the fact that like, Richmond is like Richmond is like my home. Richmond is my second home. Like I'm from, originally from Maryland, but like Richmond is home. And so like the fact that I love Richmond so much, like I've seen the Navy Hill project. What happened with that? Watched what happened with this Casino One project. And so in is just thinking like, all right, what what are the other things that are going to be like opportunities to spike spike revenue or like to really provide infrastructure for the city? Like I believe. On one side, you know, once they pass leg legislation for like dispensaries, that's gonna be a boom. Mm -hmm. But you just think about it, you know, if a school like VCU had a football team, like what would that do, you know, like, or what would that bring when you think about even just the companies that are here? You got like Capital One, you got Dominion, you got mm -hmm. CarMax. But like these, these national brands were like, they wouldn't wanna get behind something like this, like VCU having a football team or, yeah. It being a G League team here. So this is my thinking where like, this is the whole thing of access. Mm. I think the fact now I'm in these rooms, 
And like when I speak about these rooms, it's like, you know, I'm on the board for the Poe Museum. I'm on the board for like Art 180. And so a lot of people I'm having conversations with, they're not even our age. They're like 20, 30 years older than okay, us. And yeah. so it's like a lot of game I'm getting just about what they've seen, what they know about opportunity for things to happen or, you know, just where interest is at. And so it's just kind of, I think that's the whole thing about it. You got to kind of really play to the interests of the people. Cause that's the only way you're going to be the people's champ. Yeah. The people choose their leader, you know what I'm saying? And so as long as you're playing to that, and I think um, just kind of paying attention to it, but, you know, for me, I just want to make a lot of big stuff happen. Yeah. I, I've, since, you know, when we first met and, you know, the relationship we developed over the course of the years, yeah. with being in these spaces, being in these rooms, have you developed more confidence because you've been able to be in these spaces with these different kinds of people? No, not because of that. Okay. That has never, that has not been a validation for me. I think the validation has been more so me just believing in myself. Mm. And so, cause I think in that it becomes this, um, I want to find like the right word to say with it. It becomes like this mind game almost that like I'm I'm seeking validation from somebody that says that I need to be here and so I feel like first it has to start with the belief of yourself yeah and so I think when I started to believe that um I could do these things or like they started to be on my vision board or like I started to realize like oh no nah, this is like within my five-year goals now mm-hmm. I started to attract the stuff and so I think I had to believe it first where, like, as I believed it and people met me, they saw it like, oh, wow, like, you're Ricky. It's like, <laughs> I, I can't even put anything on it. It's like, you're you. It's just like yeah. this combination of education, you know, hospitality, food and beverage, art, music. You know, when people think of that, they think of me. Or, like, marketing, branding, all these things. It's like, wow, it's like... I got a lot of things in my toolbox. And I think that's the thing I've learned where it's like, all right, what is what are skills I can have that can translate into different industries, different fields? Where that's why I talk about creative direction, where from like creative direction is like that could be from me working with a photographer and giving them like a concept or like aesthetically what I'm seeing, like almost from like a DP professional like standpoint of like what yeah. needs to be in frame. Mm-hmm. To even like me working with a designer and giving the concept and just giving them like free range art direction wise, like, yeah, you just bring the color and everything else to life. We're like, I think it became this whole thing. I had to understand how to start communicating with people. So Mm -hmm. I think that's one of like my best skill sets. Like I understand how to communicate with a lot of different people in different lines of business, especially creatives where it's like the whole thing I know like a lot of people think it's crazy that Virgil say like, yeah, I designed this thing over text messages or I, we do, we build out this story. But nah, like it's almost like email. It's almost like if you're very effective in what you're saying, you know the terminologies for these industries. And that's why like even creators, you listening, I'm not saying you gotta go to college, but you gotta learn. You gotta be a student of whatever you're doing best. Be a student of your craft, mm-hmm. like learn your industry. like study great people, visit great places where like the more you're a student, it's the more when you're in these rooms, you're going to be able to keep up. Yeah. Yeah. Execution. is vital. Yeah. 
er, earlier you spoke about execution and and for me that resonated yeah. a lot more now because of the this brand that I'm building yeah. and and the gradient and you know like like how you said like you have an idea and you execute that idea and you find so much enjoyment doing that yeah. right? I, I I find so much enjoyment just having these ideas with this particular brand and just like executing the ideas from inception from the mind to the physical where yeah. everyone is a part of it which one of your projects were you the most fulfilled from a execution standpoint oh shaco wine hands down hands down shaco wine like it's a bottle right there ladies and gentlemen shaco yes. wine like hands down um like when i say god is amazing and like is truly an understatement and um i feel like this is like the one project uh that i was able to bring to market where it wasn't just me that's crazy i just did an interview this morning about this and i was telling um this lady how i couldn't have done this by myself like a lot of the about, idea vision like i had but i couldn't have like executed it by myself and so this is why i think it's so important to have great partners and so like i commend like my partners um my friends like chris randolph steve johnson the third where like with this venture you know we're really able to all leverage like our past performance in food and beverage and um it's just been amazing so far um even just the response uh, the support we've been getting, you know, just within Richmond and outside of Richmond where when you talk about, like, you doing something and people, like, getting it or seeing it, it's like with this, you know, it, it resonates in a way when, like, wow. You know, and it's just, I think it's a lot of different entry points um, just with the brand that it resonates with people for different reasons. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I just love what we're doing with that. You know, for us, for a brand, it's like, Three pillars to kind of lead us: um, inclusion, community, and um, education. And so, like, really, I I really look at this like even me and my partners, we all look at this as like more than just wine. It's like really a vehicle to do, you know, other things or really, you know, have an impact in the community. And so, something we were able to do over Labor Day, we were able to partner with Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, um, the Richmond chapter. And we were able to do a jazz and wine fundraiser. And we raised $8,000 for college scholarships for um, Richmond youth. And so it's just different initiatives or different um, projects like that, you know, that we're doing with the wine that, you know, excites me. Or even just how we're doing events. But at these events, it becomes an opportunity for us to educate people about wine. Because a lot of times, like, red wine can be so polarizing. And I don't know, I'm just excited about the growth for it, um, you know, First quarter of 2022, um, we're planning to release a sparkling rosé. Um, but the response for our red blend, you know, it's a 2019 vintage. has been amazing. Uh, like I said, we're in Wegmans, Melothian, Shore Pump. Soon to be in a lot of other Wegmans in Virginia. Um, we're here at Common House. About to be at some of your favorite restaurants in Richmond. Um, but in it, I think it's just the belief, you know, it's a great product. Uh, like something me and my partners are really big on is craftsmanship and like, you know, um, just quality, you know, quality product, you know, and like, you know, everyone who's tasted the wine, you know, they definitely talk about that, how like it's a, it's a really, it's a really balanced red blend. 
Um, it's not too sweet. It's not too strong or bitter. Like it has a, you know, a good balance in the middle, but um, it pairs well with food. You know, anything is like any grilled meats, like um, steak, lamb chops, burgers, um, even cigars or, you know, it's even something you can have by itself. So I think that's probably the project that I'm most proud of. Um, even so, we're like, you know, even out, out of college, like one of my first jobs um, was like working with LVMH as a brand ambassador for like Belvedere Vodka. And so just always having like this um, experience in like the spirits industry or just um, experience in hospitality where, you know, just being able to own the brand and kind of um, bringing the market and really can kind of control the narrative of what we're doing, you know, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. Could you, so you got to the execution part. Could you speak a little bit more, could you speak a little bit more about the inception of the the wine? Sure. Because, you know, sometimes people typically see like the end point, right? People yeah. don't necessarily hear about like the beginning process of like an idea potentially just coming out of nowhere, right? You're, like you're just sitting down somewhere or you're doing something and you I have this you. idea and... Nah, so it it all started with whiskey. <laughs> so it started, um, my mentor is Kenny Burns, and um, he's a part owner of a brand called Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey. And so they've been in market, I want to say, probably like five, six years. Um, but it's the fastest growing independent whiskey brand in American history. Um, it pays homage to Nearest Green. Uh, he was a black man that taught Jack Daniels how to distill, liquor, I mean, um, distill um, whiskey. And he was the first master distiller um, for Jack Daniels. In it, um, me and my partners, we f the first thing we worked on was actually Uncle Nearest. And so when Uncle Nearest got distribution in Virginia, uh, we did a lot of work in helping them get accounts in Central Virginia. Um, from there, I was doing research just on winemaking in Virginia. Um, Virginia is like one of the top regions in the U.S. for winemaking, you know, outside of California. And so in it, um, just doing research on place, you know, we're not moving around, you know, like everybody's in the house, doing this whiskey thing, um, like, all right, whatever things can we figure out? And so started doing research on just like custom crush um, in Virginia, like how that process works. Um, from there, I got connected with George Hodson. Uh, he's the CEO of Veritas Winery. Um, from there, just more conversations. And then um, in this time, like me, Chris, and Steve are just meeting. Like we're, we're doing this work with Uncle Nearest, helping them out. But it's us doing pro bono work because we're, we're thinking like at this point, we're going to be an agency and we're we're going to get Uncle Nearest as a client and stuff. And um, then it gets to a point one meeting, I bring this up. And it kind of was just like a light bulb, like, oh, wow. Because in this point, um, my partner, Chris, he used to um, own a restaurant in Shaco called Shaco Whiskey and Wine. And so Shaco Whiskey and Wine is like the parent company name. We're like, we, we, we still saw there was brand equity in the name. But when I brought this into the meeting, it was like, hold up. Like, now we can shift to product. It's almost like, oh, we can... Because initially our thought was, even for the brand store we have now, it was just like, oh, yeah, we could take the whole experience of like how it was in the restaurant, put it in the bottle, we selling it. But um, in it, that's how I really started. You know, it was just, it was one, me doing research, kind of already having people in play where like we knew we wanted to do business 
in this field but just wasn't sure of what and just kind of bringing it and um it was just initially it was an idea for a smaller project i was just thinking and it nothing like this and i said having great partners where it was like they really believed and kind of saw what i was saying it was like nah this is something here like let's really meet with george and like kind of explain like what we want to do and how we can kind of take this off and so it's been a great um start you know of everything um so far like we're over like twelve thousand, twelve not twelve soon to be twelve thousand. i'm claiming it yes speak but, that uh we're over um twelve hundred bottles sold just from our website you know just direct to consumer and so even in that that's a feat where you're thinking about just moving that much wine or having that many people in tune and so it's exciting now being in this retail phase where like now we got like places we can kind of send people to destinations but um the process of it has been so cool you know it's been a it's been a great process where um i don't know i just enjoy it you know I, i'm excited about just how we're going to our plans to grow in our portfolio more um into other like wines and eventually getting into spirits but um it's something that excites me you know it's just like it's like one of those things you're thinking about a dream or you're thinking about something like i would want to make happen but i don't know how it's going to start yeah. and so i just even think about we're still kind of like within our first six months and like everything that's happened for us just like it's just like wow like I, I could have never imagined. And it's not saying like, oh yeah, we're not putting the work in, but yeah. it's still this whole thing of like, this awe of like, this ain't all me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I'm doing the work, you know, like, you know, God mean this halfway, but like, yeah. it's like one of the things you just kind of understand it. And I think when you get to that place, you start to realize like the fight is fixed. Mm -hmm. You know, like you, it's the last step that's gonna come at you is just distract distractions. Yeah. It's like whatever you really wanna do or make happen, it's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. The blessing is already there. It's, you just gotta go through the whole part of getting to there, yeah. but it's like, it's not this whole thing that like, it's like the word says no weapon, like no weapon formed against you. And so it's almost like you gotta ask yourself what truths are you really standing on? Because in it, that's the whole thing. Even with faith, it's like, what do you, what do you really believe? Like, you know, what is, what is your foundation? And so I think that's the other part about creators, where it becomes so thing. We think about mental health or this thing. We think about a starving artist. It's like, what's your foundation? Mm -hmm. Do you believe it's just a season, or is this something you so checked out that like? You can't you can't come to grasp with it. Where um, you know I think that's it gets back to what I was saying earlier, like that self awareness. Where like you got to be very aware because sometimes the bad things it don't even got to be anything dealing with me professionally or dealing with people. Like mm -hmm. the bad thing could be me self sabotaging, like this fear of success or this fear that I'm not good enough. We're like this shit's real, man. I'm, like, even, I've met a lot of creative people, bro, who are, like, more talented than me, but, like, they're in their own way. Mm-hmm. Like, they're in their own way where it's, like, you should be so much further. And it's, like, I'm not even going to say, like, I'm the most talented, but I'm going to work the hardest. Yeah. And so I think that's the whole thing, too, where it's just, like, talent without work don't get you nowhere. 
But if you work, you can you can develop talent. Mm-hmm. And so it's this whole thing where I, I think you got to ask yourself, like, what is your foundation and where do you want to go? Because it's like, if you stand firm on that, it's proven. Mm-hmm. It's very proven, bro. Like, Tyler, the creator, is the, perf- the most perfect example of this now where I can probably say in context that people can see this. Tyler Creator was making like underground, backpack, moody, dark music. First video, bro, had a roach coming out of his mouth. The music he's making now, bro, how it's transfer. Like, you just gotta have an idea where you wanna go. Yeah. Like, everybody's not gonna get it initially, but you just gotta start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a perfect analogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. just gotta start somewhere, man. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely remember when, like, when he first came out, it was just, like super yeah. extremely dark, and they were on like that uh, tip where people didn't necessarily understand, or they were like too afraid to go down that. Like, oh yeah, that it was route. like it was, it was like a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, it was like a rabbit hole because this was like early on where like there was our future Wolf Gang kill them all. Like yeah. this is like if you really like a our future fan, you will understand the whole thing of Golf Wang and. Mm-hmm how all that started, but this is early on where it was like very dark, like cultish boom bass. <laughs> yeah, facts, <laughs> facts. You know, and so in it, it's just, he even said he always had ideas he wanted to make this music or he was always like inspired by N.E.R.D. and shit. And because so it's like it. this whole thing of like, he never lost sight of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where, like, how you start don't got to be how you finish. It's, a, it's about development where I think the greatest thing you can allow the world to see is you evolve before their eyes. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Where it's almost like if you're that creative where people are watching you become something before their eyes, like, that's when it's undeniable. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I think a lot of times we're chasing something where, like, I, I got to be everything right now in this moment. But, like, what are you offering the world? Mm-hmm. What are you offering the world where the world needs to stop? Like, you know somebody I look at who's offering a lot to the world? Travis Scott. <laughs> Travis Scott is offering a lot to the world. Not even just music, bro. Just, bro. just did a celebrity softball game, putting out sneakers every other month, mm-hmm. collabs with brands every other month. Like, his offering is there where, like, he's here for the work. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people could be in the same position, but, like, they're not here for the work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where... It's about the work, and, like, the more work you put in, is like, the more you're going to see with your output and the results. Yeah, I, I thought growing up that people who were the most talented were going to be the people who were going to be, like, the most successful, right? And, and you spoke to that. Like, usually those aren't the people because in many ways, for for some of those people, they getting they get – they get in the way of their their own success, yeah. whether it is belief, whether 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 it is how they were like raised, but typically those people are not the most successful. And I not I just always you know just growing up I just correlated it to like the most talented would be the most successful. But then as I got older, you know like who do you I said, who do you believe becomes the most successful now? The people who have uh, the, the the mindset of people who believe in themselves, people who believe in themselves, the people who believe they can do something and they put their work in doing it. Those are the people who become the most successful in my mind. Nah, I, I can't argue with that. Like, 
I know I, I, I tell my kids this, and this is like, it's great belief. Like, and I, when I say this, I'm not saying this in a derogatory way. I For even sure. identify with this category. Like, I believe like nerds like run the world. Mm. I think it's like the cool kid. Not, not. I think like the cool kid we think that's going to be cool and going to be on top. That's not it. It's like it's the kid that's quiet. That's like getting the A's and all his classes. That's like constantly reading. Like when everybody else is playing and study hall. Like that's the kid that's going to have the opportunities. Or like you got to look at like an Elon Musk mm. or Jeff Bezos. It's like. It's about this whole thing of like, when did you, when did your love for knowledge start? Mm. Because I think when you think about kids that fall in this category with like, I love school or I love learning, oh, bro, the trajectory is so high. Yeah. Because it's it's never this whole thing. I'm intimidated of learning this because it's too much. It's almost like it's it's almost going to empower me now. Where this is why I feel like this whole idea of just being a student. It's so important where even for myself, like now being 35, even teaching on a college level for seven years, I still feel like I know nothing. <laughs> or I realize even like this industry, if we think about marketing or advertising, like every day it changes. It's like, you know, TikTok is the thing now and it helps us determine who's the now hot rapper or artist. Where it's like, what what was what mattered yesterday doesn't matter today. You know, a lot of times you kind of got to do the work to keep yourself up to speed of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you find balance? You know, because you are a husband, yeah. you are a father, you are so many things to yourself, but also to the people around you. How do you find the balance between all of that? I, I think it's about having priorities first and um i just always make sure i give my family my best time it's not my the most of my time but it's the best of my time it's like how can i give you undivided attention or how can we be very intentional about what we're doing in these moments or where we're going and so i think in that um it's kind of allowed me to get to this place of having balance where um you know i think now i'm at this place where a lot of stuff i'm doing like i want to do and so it's not not too many things that feel like a chore and then there's also i'm at a place where like i have a lot of flexibility with my schedule where i'm able to kind of control that and so i think that's important where that was like something i always valued even as a kid I knew whatever I did, I knew I wanted the flexibility where I didn't have to be in the office every day. And so I, I think um, with that, it gives me a balance of, um, you know, where I, I'm, I'm still able to, you know, be a husband and a father. I'm, you know, I'm able to have, you know, days where I'm on the road that I can come back and kind of fall into a groove of, you know, doing stuff with dance or gymnastics with my daughters. and. Um, you know, I just I just never lose sight of what the priority is. You know, like I think when you put make the wrong things the priority, you know, that's when life starts to fall out of whack. You know, and so for me it's like, you know, God, family, you know, everything else. Mm. You know, I feel like as long as I keep God and family like, you know, first, you know, everything else is gonna fall in place. You know, I don't I don't gotta do too much. As long as I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, I, I do what I said I was I was gonna do. I feel like you know everything should be fine.
Yeah. 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 Everything will work out. Yeah. So where do you see yourself, your projects, your personal projects, your passion projects, or the things you want for yourself, for your family within the next three to eight years? Man, big, like really big. Like, um, like, and it is, and it was like, I'm, this is probably the first time I'm actually going to say this out loud. Like, I've always thought this, but I'm actually at this place now. Like, just really more mogul mindset. You know, like really scaling, um, like scaling with scaling with the wine outside the wine. You know, we also have a ginger beer garage, ginger beer. Uh, we had Lily Pearl. We got a cocktail on their menu called Unsung, the Unsung Hero. But like really growing, like more in the mogul mindset. You know, like um, you know, like I, I, I'll be lying if I didn't say this, but it's like you know, Puffy is probably like one of the biggest inspirations to me. You know, and like. I think like him, Dame, like Master P, um, as a kid, like these were like all people I looked at and it was just like the lifestyle piece. And so like even now I'm um, at this place of, um, you know, working in music again and, you know, just doing a lot of different things, you know, with like, you know, to still have an interest in fashion or um, just even film where just really want to grow, you know, just really want to create a, a lifestyle where, Overall, it's, it's just a lot of touch points, you know, and I see that coming, you know, it's just the whole thing for me is just scaling, you know, it's like I look at myself as a boutique experience. <laughs> and so it, it's, it's just um, now creating like tangible pieces to kind of complement that, you know, whether it's art, um, you know, where's this go now, like just really wanting to get my artwork in hotels, you know, just kind of even creating in this mindset of just even thinking aesthetically, you know, where about stuff can live. Cause now like I'm working in music, I'm talking to a lot of artists about like, where are these records going to live? And so I, I think if we create with intention about how is this going to be used or who is consuming this or where is this going to live? It kind of gives us a better understanding of just, I don't like creating aimlessly. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's like creating in vain. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, um, you know, I'm just very intentional, and I think being very intentional. Like, I don't, I don't know, like eight to ten, eight, five. We just say five to eight years, at three to eight, like thirty-eight, yeah. Ah man, like Lord willing, may, maybe the president of Def Jam, uh, maybe a president of a, a HBCU. Um, I don't know. I got a lot of aspirations, but it's like. Cause I don't, I don't really got a timeline on it. It's just like I know I'm moving in the right direction with it, and you know, just really confident about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could definitely see all of that. No, nah, I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, like I'm glad the belief is there because the belief. <laughs> I believe it, bro. The belief is like that's half the battle. Yeah. Nobody can believe it. It's yeah. almost like if I say something, you've been like, uh, I don't know, bro. <laughs> like the belief is half the battle, and so I feel like. The fact that like first I believe and somebody else believes, it's like yeah. it's like touching degree where it's like now this becomes a thing. And so yeah, I said it. I want to become president of Def Jam or and or HBCU. I really want to do both in my lifetime. But yeah. 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 I believe it. I think if you believe it in yourself, if you see it for yourself, then it's oh yeah. It's, 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 already, it's already done. Yeah, it's already it's already it, done. You know it, bro. It's already done. Yeah. So we're, we're about to wrap up now. Okay. Um, and typically we like to end it off by allowing the guest to leave a gem 
for people to you know to leave with to have with um and obviously like you you've dropped gems the entire time but it's like that one gem that like you would like for people to have to hold and to to keep with them as they go down their journey gotcha. uh for for their life for their creative for their creative life what would you have to say double down on yourself and like what i mean is like bet everything on you because it's like why not and that, that could be a lot of different things you probably think like all right what do you mean like maybe that's you you know going back to school or maybe not even going to school maybe it's you getting a certification or taking a class to learn a new skill or traveling to to go to a conference or a workshop it's like how are you investing in yourself it's like if you really want to dj buy some dj equipment you know or like get a mentor like whatever you got to do to make you better it's like double down it's like don't wait you know like start today like really don't wait because i think in you waiting you're just you're you're wasting time and it's like none of us are here where we have the luxury to waste time it's like time is the only thing that is not a luxury you know what i'm saying it's like yesterday is yesterday we can't get it back even like the 30 minutes whatever we've been talking now that's gone like we we got to be in this moment or like this moment is going to get passed and so in it yeah i think it's just like being a being a like a a good steward of time Mm -hmm. because it's like we all only get one go at this yeah and it's just like my whole thing is just like you might as well go all the way Mm -hmm. or at least work towards it you know it's like don't 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 be scared, you know, where I feel like um it could be fear. But like even do it scared, man. Like don't don't allow fear to hold you back from you becoming the person that you that you are destined to be. Yeah. Yeah. Hey man. I felt that. Oh man, just just speaking that truth. <laughs> That's good to hear, bro. Nah, yeah. Um, you know, like I said earlier, thank you. No problem, man. Thank you thank for you. being a part of this. Thank you for giving me your time. Nah, thank you, know. you for having me. <laughs> I appreciate it. This, this has been great. Yes, this this was a pleasure. Um, I also want to say thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to this to the very end to, to get these gems. Um, my name is Antonio Knox. That is Ricky Parker. And this was The Gradient Radio. Peace. Peace. <laughs>